Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you glad you're in that safe place this morning? Hallelujah. Where his presence is, hallelujah, safe from all, amen, all attacks from the enemy, from this world. Amen. It's a safe place in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I felt the spirit of the Lord here this morning. Amen. Thankful for the Lord's presence in this place. Amen. I don't know where I would be this morning amen, if it wasn't for his house. Amen. And his people. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing that the Lord has put together here. Amen. Hallelujah. Thankful that I'm a part of, of an eternal thing. It goes way beyond. It's much bigger than me got much more going on than just my life and my situation. Amen. God has all that we need in this place. Amen. He solved all every problem you face, every problem that you are dealing with. Amen. Those problems have existed before you and they will exist after you and God's already solved all of those problems. Amen. And so you're a part of something that is already, amen, got the goods, if you will. There's corn in the crib. <laughs> Amen. Obviously, Pastor's not with us this morning. He is in Africa, as many of you know. Amen. Some of you are praying for that endeavor. I believe that God is going to use them. Tomorrow morning, while we're sleeping, they're going to begin a conference. Hopefully, some of us aren't sleeping. There's a sign-up sheet in the back, and uh, I'll remind you. And it's always worth the time and effort put into it because of the reward that we receive, amen, and that reward is uh, additional names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, amen. Pastor always brings back a tremendous report of all that the Lord is, does, and I just have absolute confidence in what's going on in Africa. I believe that God is going to do a great thing. Pastor, let me know, and I'm not, sh I hope I'm not um, betraying any confidence in saying this, but he had mentioned that, at least to me, and he may have mentioned this over the pulpit, so I just, I just don't remember, but uh, he mentioned their interest in building a church in South Africa, and um, that to me excite that excites me because uh, you know all the churches that we've worked with have been uh, men who have come in under the banner of A to Z through the efforts of Pastor and Brother Stewart, Amen. But these are men that really they're just new converts; they're babes in Christ, being established, receiving truth. Amen. But uh, they got a long ways to go. And of course, many of them are uh, making good progress. But it's going to be awesome to have one church down there that's purely 100% apostolic. I mean, they've, they've got a pattern to follow. And um, so I'm praying that the Lord opens that door. I know that there have been many, many adversaries, many, um, every time they try to have a conference, a, a doctrinal conference in South Africa, it seems like there is some kind of uh, opposition, whether physical or spiritual, and in one case, they had a, a lady come in with her dead husband, and it completely devastated the conference. They 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 were not able to move on from that point. Um, her husband was literally dead, and and it was causing a huge distraction. She brought it in, and uh, it wasn't of God. It was kind of a distraction, kind of like the lady 
that followed Paul. I, I, I believe I remember Pastor referencing that story in the Bible um, when they went over to Macedonia and they began to preach, and this lady was following them, saying, "These are the preachers of God." And, and Pastor said it felt a lot like that. And so, um, but that's just one instance. That I think they've tried to have the uh, a, a doctrinal conference down there at least two times, and maybe more than that. That that I'm not aware of, but. I just know that God wants uh, to establish a church I mean, for his name in the country of South Africa, and I uh, believe that God's going to do it through the men that we know. Amen. What, a, what an opportunity that we have to, to be a part of God's, uh, what God's doing. Amen. Amen. So we miss pastor this morning, praying for them, and uh, please don't forget to sign up. If, uh, to pray and to fast, if you can, make it work. We'll go in our Bibles this morning to James chapter 1, verse 25, and then we'll back up and read verse 23 and 24, but I want to read it in this order so we can um, hopefully convey a better understanding if, if I can. And But before I do that, I want to kind of tell you a brief story. Meemaw, I went to Meemaw's bedside last night. We were... Uh, she's in the hospital at OMC, and she um, had low oxygen levels, and their uh, home care health worker, they they require to, and I'm not trying to minimize the situation, but I'm just telling you the story that they require, and this is what Meemaw told me, that they require at a certain level, oxygen level, they move, you know, they call the ambulance and bring her into the hospital. So they put her on oxygen there at the hospital, and so Meemaw's in there just trying to regulate her oxygen levels, but so I went there last night to pray for her, and um, Brother Hall was there with me, and thank you, Brother Hall, for coming. And she, uh, she started talking. She goes, she goes, Jared, I remember when uh, I told you that I was, uh, I, I, basically, I'd, I'd come to her before practice one Sunday afternoon, I think it was, and I was like, Mima, I need help picking out some songs. And, and she goes, well, do you want fast songs or slow songs? And I was like, well, uh, I don't know. She goes, well, you should sing some fast songs. And I guess that night I didn't uh, sing the songs that she wanted me to sing. And I, I don't know if I sang slow songs or what it was. She goes, but you didn't listen to me. And so uh, then I told her, I was like, well, Mima, I'm preaching in the morning. I was like, do you have a message I can preach? <laughs> and she goes, Acts 2.38. And I said, that's a good one. I think I can, I think I can do that. So, uh, so Mima, I don't know. I doubt. I don't know if she's listening or not. I don't know if she has the op- opportunity, the ability to listen this morning. Amen. But uh, this one's for you, Mima. Amen. James chapter one verse twenty-seven. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, everybody say the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, important uh, qualification here, but a doer of the work. So not forgetting, he's certainly hearing, but also not only hearing, but also doing. This man shall be blessed in his deed. All right, so let's back up to verse 23. This is a familiar scripture that we I think many of us can probably quote at least verse, the part of verse 23. But I want you to put it in this context of what Apostle Paul wrote in verse 25, which we just read. Verse 23 goes 
on to say, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth, away, goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And then we read verse 25, and let's read it again. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I want to talk to you this morning on this subject, the law of liberty. The law of liberty. If we could lay down our Bibles, let's ask the Lord to help us, open our hearts, open our minds. I believe the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. Let's all pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your precious word. God has all power. God, hallelujah. Life-giving power. God, the power that's in your word, God, would transform us. God, help us to understand. Pray, Lord, that you would bind us together in one mind and one accord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let your word go forth and not return void, but let it accomplish the thing that it was sent to do this morning. Give me an ear to hear, God, grace to us as hearers of your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, you may be seated this morning. Amen. I'm eager to see what the Lord has in store for us. Amen. Yet today, amen, certainly his presence was in this service as we began to worship him. And thank you all for making the worship service Amen. So notable. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I felt God's presence here from the very beginning, from the onset of his of the service. Amen. And that is that's what I come for. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to be in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Talking about a law of liberty, a law of liberty might seem to some like it's talking about a white blackbird. Or trying to describe a, a white crow. It, it's, it seems like it, it shouldn't be together in the same sentence. Amen. It's a, a concept that the, the su- subject of, the, of law or rule usually comes with a negative connotation. Comes in context of some negative idea or thought. And, and so... Uh, often is not associated with the idea of liberty. Amen. But I contend this morning that every liberty that we have, amen, if it were not enshrined in code and in law, amen, it would be difficult for us to maintain that liberty. Amen. It's We are a nation founded on the rule of law. We are a nation based on uh, based on a code based on law a nation of laws amen and and uh, it's often said that it's the law that binds and so like i just mentioned many times when we use use even just that simple phrase that should be familiar to most of us amen even that comes in a negative connotation perhaps it's used in the in a civil case or a federal case and 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 it's talking about a person who's committed a crime of some kind amen but it's the law that binds it's the law that has the final judgment it's the law that has the final say because it's written down and the person that is uh that that is in uh in judgment or in that 
case ought to at least know from some basic sense what the law has to say. And therefore, he is to be held accountable according to what the law does say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But but and many times throughout history, I'm no historic history historian. I'm not a scholar of history. I do like to read. I am I consider myself a student, uh, an ongoing student. I like to learn. Amen. But I'm certainly nowhere near uh, you know historian material. But I do like to learn. In fact, I was listening to this book. I was like, man, this is great. It's like a comprehensive uh, from from like the times of the Sumerians all the way back in Egypt and near the Nile where the where civilization began and all the way through uh, probably just let's just put it around uh, zero BC around the Roman Empire and and before what the time when Jesus was born and and I was like man I got this this makes a lot of sense to me and then I read in the fine print that it was designed for uh, kids from four to ten years old it's like oh well that. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. So, so you're dealing with somebody that's on that level, okay? I'm working, I'm working with that kind of mentality. So hopefully, hopefully I don't slow you down too much this morning. Amen. But that's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, but but it made a lot of sense and put a lot of things into context. Maybe these are just I missed the opportunity. I missed the boat at school when mom was trying to <laughs> tell me to pay attention and uh, I was paying more attention on writing lines in detention than I was in reading my history books and all that. But thankfully, uh, the Lord's merciful and gave me an opportunity through the means of Audible, and I can, I can learn at my level. Thank the Lord. Amen. But, but histori- historically, city-states or uh, smaller nations that, that were established were typically based on individuals or based on Man, men, men that, that led, one king would, would come to power, would rise to power and establish a, a, a group of people and say, this is my kingdom, this is my nation. And, I'm, and, and every law, everything that was established in that kingdom was established at the word of that man. And, and he, his word and his law was only as, as powerful as his uh, enforcement, his army, whoever was there to enforce that law physically. And until, uh, until the next person came in and overthrew that man, uh, he was the king. He was the one that dictated the law. And everybody had to abide by what king so-and-so had to say. But he, like I said, he's only as strong as his army. And so somebody would rise up who had more uh, skill or more power or more technology or whatever and overthrow that man. And guess who gets to make the rules now? The new guy. And so he's now king uh, so-and-so. And this repeats throughout history over and over and over until, uh, and it, I, I understand uh, that America was not the first nation to establish this way, but they were the ones, they were the most successful, so I'll use us as a template. But America was a different kind of nation, not merely a man getting up and, and standing upon a, the center of the crowd and, and uh, issuing edicts enforced by his army. But, but this was a nation whose arbitration came through debate and, and the ideas that were established were not ideas written down and, and de- declared from a, a throne but came out of a, a room of men who had studied history and, and tried to learn from it. And, and the law itself, the purpose of the law was to defend the rights 
of individuals. All right? Amen. It came, it was born out of a period referred to as the Enlightenment. And when a lot of thinking evolved around the individual, around self, around property, and, and, and all of these things. And our founders were inspired by the likes of John Locke, who wrote some of his own writings based on Scripture. And our founding fathers designed a nation whose laws came, amen, out of conversation, out of their discussion, out of reasoning. And coming together and uh, the laws these laws themselves were the were the king if you will they it, it, it the the uniqueness about America the the idea of America was that that we would declare independence from a monarchian rule that no longer would we accept one man's authority but I'm going to come together and because of our collective because of our, our our collective ideas we believe that this is how we all ought to live our lives and uh, so the declaration of independence declared our natural rights and from the authority of our own God-given rights we uh, began our nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just bear with me for just a moment. And those rights, the rights that uh, upon, upon which, upon whose authority we began our nation, amen, were enshrined in our Constitution and in the Bill of Rights. They, they were written down, amen, on parchment. They were written down so that, that we wouldn't forget them, Brother Hall. They were written down so that generations to come could refer back not to a Washington or a Jefferson or a Hamilton, but to a piece of paper, amen, that, that inscribed, that, that wrote down our very rights. That they didn't come through Jefferson. The rights didn't come because of his intellect or because of his wisdom, but they are innate within us, and, and they're written down so we would never, never forget Hallelujah, 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 amen, not the whim from one man to another, amen, but each leader that we consider a part of our governments themselves would be ruled by these laws, hallelujah, they themselves, now we, we live in a modern version of all this and it's kind of devolved from all of that and they live by some sort of concept that's rules for thee and not for me and and uh, they're trying to get away from a lot of this. And really they're reverting back to what we declared independence from. But that's because they stopped reading, Brother Larson, what was written in our codes, within our law, even within our constitution. Hallelujah. Amen. But I, I'm here this morning to tell somebody that, that the liberty that the nation of, of, of America, that the nation of the United States of America came, our liberty, amen, did not come, amen, because uh, of, of some individual's idea, but they came, amen, because they were inscribed upon paper and that we, can, we will never forget, amen, the reason why blood was spilt on the battlefield, Amen. To defend our liberty, to defend our rights. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why would young men, Brother Hall, spill their blood so, so, uh, so readily? Amen. Because they really believed what was written on that paper. They really believed, amen, the, the things that Jefferson and, and Washington, amen, were saying. 
Hallelujah. Washington, lead us all the way, even if it looks uh, amen, destitute. If we're in the valley, amen, we're, we're looking like we're getting ready to die. We're going to be desecrated. Amen. Don't have any kind of hope. Amen. I'm willing to lay my life down because I believe that this is worth it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's saying a lot. Hallelujah. Amen. It's saying a whole lot. Amen. This idea didn't come. I mentioned this as I began, but amen, it didn't, it wasn't original with our founding fathers. It was rediscovered, amen, as a result of the Enlightenment period, the, the rediscovery of the of the individual. But those principles, uh, the idea, amen, began a long time ago in a wilderness just north uh, of Egypt as a nation moved from from a from bondage, uh, amen, from literal slavery, amen, into a nation, to a land that was promised to them, uh, amen. God issued uh, from Mount Sinai uh, through the man named Moses uh, a law, amen, a perfect law, amen, one that would, uh, amen, command, amen, and require specific, amen, things of us as humans, hallelujah, hallelujah, and from that very law, amen, we received, I mean, the nation of Israel received liberty, hallelujah, amen, they made it, hallelujah, to a land of, quote, unquote, promise, hallelujah, now you know the stories as well as I, I'm talking a lot, primarily to home folk today, amen, that, that Israel went through cycle after cycle, amen, going away and coming back, going away and coming back, amen. And every time they wandered from the law, Brother Carter, amen, the Lord sent a nation in and they judged them, the Bible says. And, and many times these nations would bring them into captivity, and they would again be in bondage. They would again, amen, be, amen, in the, in the chambers of the king's palace waiting for, for liberty, waiting for uh, that liberty again. And so they would begin to cry out, and they would cry out, and God would hear them and require that they would return back to his law. And once they did, they would once again receive Liberty. Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've heard Pastor describe this scripture, and he has said it's 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 perhaps poorly uh, interpreted here because the way in the original uh, it, it is probably better read is where the spirit is Lord. There is liberty. Amen. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. I'm here to tell you this morning, amen, that the law, that the law that God has commanded, amen, to the nation of Israel, and, and perhaps that we learned from the nation of Israel and established as a nation here in America. Amen. We understood this principle, but that law and that principle still exists today. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. If we are willing, amen, to subject ourselves to the will of the Spirit, amen, if we are willing, amen, to allow our human mind, amen, as intellectual as it might be, amen, as powerful as you might be, amen, you don't get liberty through the power of your mind. You don't get, somebody hear me this morning, you don't get liberty because, amen, of your intellect and, and the things that you can put together, amen, in your, but where liberty comes from is the Spirit of God, amen, it doesn't come, amen, because of your ability, it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by the Spirit of God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, this Old Testament law, amen, that, amen, whose principle, amen, was enshrined in God's word, amen, it was, as, as Apostle Paul puts it, a carnal commandment. Amen. The purpose of this law was to establish a nation, a theocracy, amen, a group of people who lived for God. Hallelujah. And so, uh, amen, we can use it uh, as a schoolmaster, as a type, uh, amen, to teach us, uh, amen, the, the very principles uh, that God expects. Uh, amen. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 15 through 17 uh, tells us in verse 15, and it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made not after the law, of a carnal commandment but after the power of an endless life you ought to hear what I'm trying to tell you this morning amen if we can somehow amen get a hold of the law that the spirit gives if we can somehow get a hold of the law amen that is born through Jesus Christ amen that will and testament amen that was paid for by the blood of our Messiah of our King of the one who labored for us, who gave to us. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. It's not a carnal commandment, but it gives us endless, endless life. Hallelujah. Come on, let's thank the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. God, we believe you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is not merely an edict, amen, from a man-made throne, from one man to another. Friend, this is a command, an eternal command from God Almighty, amen, onto earth. And if we could somehow seek and do our best to obey it. Hallelujah. You see the liberties that are afforded to you, amen, through the law, amen, of the USA. Amen. You see the liberties that were afforded, amen, to the nation of Israel, amen, as they were delivered time after time after time through obedience to God's word. Those are merely scratching the surface of the kind of liberty that's available in this place today. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. It is a law with promise. It is not, amen, merely a law of judgment. It's not just a law, amen, to say, amen, that if you do this, you're going to spend an eternal, amen, eternal life in hell. Amen. Let me tell you something. Amen. That is a part of the law, but that's not only the only part of the law. There's so much more, amen, to this law than, than death. Amen. Eternal damnation. Amen. There's a promise of eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we obey, if we receive, if we believe, if we allow him to write it upon the tables of our heart, if we live it in our own lives, true liberty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 19 tells us for the law, talking about the Old Testament law, that law that gave liberty to the Israelites. Amen. Made nothing perfect. Oh, brother. Jared, you're talking about the law of God? Yeah, I'm talking about the law of God. It made nothing perfect. That word perfect means complete. There was a lot more to come. Amen. That law was the first fruit. I mean, it was a type and shadow of all that God wanted to do and is therefore extremely valuable for us to understand him. Amen. But it didn't make them perfect. Hallelujah. But the bringing in of a better hope did. It did make them perfect. It did complete them. There is, Brother uh, brother Seely, amen, a version of God's law that's available that can make you perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If we can learn, amen, not to, amen, as the as the children of Israel did, amen, doing it on their own, going through their own ceremony, trying by their own works, amen, to accomplish the will of God. Amen. We can learn from that type. We can learn from that example. Amen. Today know that if we, amen, believe and obey, amen, this new law, we can be made perfect. Hallelujah. Listen to what he says in verse 20. He says, and in as much as not without an oath, he was made priest. In other words, in it, this law comes with a promise. It's not without an oath. There's a double negative there. In other words, it is with an oath. It is with a promise. And with that promise was Jesus made priest hallelujah for those priests talking about the old testament priests in verse 21 were made without an oath they were without the oath they had to go back over and over and over because there's no real promise amen with that amen it was purely based on their works and their obedience but this he says with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest at the order of Melchizedek. Amen. I don't want to get too sidetracked here. Amen. But Melchizedek was a priest that came to Abraham and 
required him to, uh, uh, to do service to him, and Abraham gave him tithes, and, and he began to serve. And, and that man, that, that whatever it was, and many, I, don't, I don't want to get into uh, amen, all these different things because I'm frankly not qualified uh, amen, to deal with all that. But what I do understand about Melchizedek is that it wasn't after the order of the law that God had given to the nation of Israel. It was entirely unique, amen, to that scenario between Abraham and Melchizedek. Abraham had a personal, had a direct communion with through this priest to God, amen. And that's what's available to us today after that same order, after the order of Melchizedek, amen, through our personal conversation and communion with God, if we obey, amen, we can have the the promise, the oath, the, the thing that the Lord swear to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By so much, verse 22 says, was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Jesus is our surety. He's our insurance for this New Testament. He is our insurance. He is our arbitrator, if you will, for this new law. We're not depending on men to go through ceremonies and, and try to uh, uh, push our sins ahead another year. We're talking about a priest, uh, amen, who doesn't have to offer offerings uh, for his own sin, uh, amen, and then for us. But this is a man, uh, amen, who once and for all, amen, gave himself as not only, amen, the lamb, but he was also the priest, amen, that gave a surety of this better testament hallelujah hallelujah new law not solely focused on judgment not focused on amen what it can exact from you amen not focused my god not focused amen on how many things you can do for him not focused amen i please don't misinterpret what i'm telling you today we'll talk about amen works and grace in just a minute amen but i want to tell you something the apostolic church needs to get a revelation amen that jesus is sufficient for all that we need amen if you want something if you need something all you have to do is make your way, amen, to that high priest. Oh, somebody hear me this morning. Amen. Make your way to the priest. Make your way to the altar and say, Jesus, I need, amen, I need your touch. I need your grace. I need your help. Hallelujah. 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 Endless life, a power. Of endless life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. New law wasn't solely focused on giving judgment, but also a promise. Jesus mentioned a promise. Luke 24 and 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tear you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. His promise, Brother Sheely, comes with power. Hallelujah. It's not some weak, uh, amen, just thing that we go through the motions and ceremony and a drudgery. And, 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 and my, I don't know how somebody, and I'm not trying to go on the offensive here and attack some religions, but I don't understand 
how people can go to church and they sit, Brother Hall, sometimes kneel. And I'm not, again, I'm not, please, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. But then they get up and they leave and they feel absolutely nothing. No power. Nothing. And then they go home. They commit the same sins. They live the same lifestyle completely unchanged. And then they come back. And they do it all over again. Over and over again. Hallelujah. That doesn't sound like what we have been reading from the word this morning. Sounds to me like God has a, a, a promise Amen. Power and a endless life. Amen. A kind of life that, that you would want to live. Not this just reviving, revolving cycle of sin and, and death and pain and anguish and regret. Amen. But a life, amen, of power and promise and help and grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You could be sure, friend. That the law, this new law, will never change. It's not, as I mentioned earlier, it's not like one king coming in and overthrowing another nation and then new laws come. Amen. These Old Testament priests were men and they died. And the Bible talks about the, how temporary, amen, the, that those priests' positions were. But Jesus lives forever. So he's never going to die. Nobody's ever going to throw him over. He's got absolute power. He said all power in heaven and in earth belongs to me. Hebrews 7 and 24. But this man, talking about Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchanging priesthood forever. You don't have to worry about uh, 10 or 20 years down the road, uh, amen, a new covenant coming. This is the final covenant. This is the final law. This is the final testament. This is the final will of God, uh, amen. What you're a part of, uh, amen, is an unchanging priesthood. What you're a part of is something that is eternal and will continue on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, this priesthood in the Old Testament was temporary because it consisted of human men, merely human men. Jesus was human, amen, but he was also fully God. Amen, he was begotten, amen, but he was also eternal, amen, because, amen, of the spirit that dwelt within him, amen, because he became our priest, amen. We have an unchanging priesthood. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 28 says, For the law maketh men high priests, uh, maketh, uh, sorry, for the men maketh, for the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity. Hallelujah. This priesthood, we're on, we're on uh, Hebrews, uh, let me find it again. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 28. There we go. First part of that verse. For the, for the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity. These men were plagued with the same thing you and I are plagued with. Sin. They were limited in their humanity. They were fallen. They were subject to the same law that we're subject to. Amen. The law of humanity and the law of sin that came as a result of Adam's fallen nature. 
Hallelujah. But because of this, they had to first reconcile their own sins. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. We have not a high priest. Amen. Uh, I've, I've got this out of order. Let me jump down to uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27. Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices. First for their own sins. For his own sins. And then for the people's. Amen. But we have a high priest that can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Amen. He's not infirmed by this uh, fallen nature. Amen. Because he he's a sinless being. And as that sinless being, as the perfect lamb offered himself in our place to pay for our sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. As our high priest, Jesus doesn't have to make sacrifice for himself first as the other priest did for this. He did once back on uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27. The last phrase in that scripture says, for this he did one time when he offered up himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. A lot of other gods, a lot of other religions, amen, often those that are that are dealing in just pagan and, and um, evil forms of religion. They require human sacrifice. Never would they give their own life. I mean, never would they give their own body and soul. But, but, but we have a different kind of law. We have a different, it's, a, it's, it's not like those old pagan amen, ideas. But this is one who himself came Literally for one purpose, and that is to die. Hallelujah. Amen. Friend, that is absolute love. The denominal world, amen, diminishes the power of God's love by saying he'll cover your sin. He'll he'll let you live the way that you're living. Amen. He'll just forgive and forgive and forgive. And you, certainly as parents, and perhaps some of us who are not parents, can just imagine how little love that really is. Hallelujah. I mean, if you loved your young one, your little one, you're not going to let them just eat candy all day, every day. I mean, there's consequences associated with that. You're not going to just let them ride their bike in the street. There are consequences associated with that. You're not going to just let them do what they want. Hallelujah. That's not love. Amen. Real love says get out of the street. Real love says put the candy away. Amen. Real love says find a place of repentance. Real love says you got to get your life straight. Real love says you can be so much more if you give yourself to him. Amen. Real love. Amen. Says that you can change. You don't have to go home and be the same. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I saw a video on YouTube who has acquired some 330,000 views. I'm not going to mention them. Talk to pastors. Like, pastor, is it okay if I start a YouTube channel so I can start? do it. Now, I'd probably get five or six. Those of you who feel sorry for me, go and watch it for me. And 
And that's about it. That's how I would never get. This guy, he's, he's a Reformed Baptist. He's got, uh, but he's, he was talking about, um, and I don't want to get too far, but he was just leading his audience astray. And again, 330,000 views. Now, that's just one out of the millions. I, I, you know, there's some, and I probably picked a poor one, because there's many others that, that have literally millions. I know Stephen Furtick, he's got many, millions and millions of views. And, and these are people who are all being led astray. They're all being deceived. Amen. They're all being told that the law that they have to abide by is really not a law at all. Amen. There's nothing really to do. Amen. They just have to confess with their mouths. And they preach a, a message of uh, no works. And, and really, if, if you want to be technical, amen, confession is still work. Amen. But I'm, I'm not going to uh, argue the point. But my whole uh, deal here is that, that they, they don't even stand on the same law. And so, therefore, they are still bound. They are bound by sin. They are bound, amen, by deception. They are bound, amen, by hell. I mean, they think their message of love and, and, and acceptance and tolerance and, and easy believism is love. But friend, I mean, that's sin. I mean, if they fall so far short of God's law, I mean, but if they realize, I mean, that they get an understanding of God's law, I mean, and they realize that there's power, I mean, to live an endless life, I mean, obeying this law, then there's a real sense of liberty and freedom. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't know how you can imagine calling, I mean, going home and living the same unchanged life, liberty. I don't know how you can imagine going home and feeling like you're living a free life, Brother Larson. Amen. And still, amen, dealing with the same old sin. Amen. I, I've even sensed this in apostolic ranks. Amen. People, amen, young men, amen, that, that are addicted to pornography and addicted, amen, to different kinds of sin. Amen. And perhaps even young women, I'm not associated with them as much. And I'm sure they have their own hangups. But listen to me. Amen. If you can obey, if you can somehow eke out through your own, amen, flesh, through your obedience to him, Genuine liberty comes. You know why? Because it's not, in the end, it is not us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not our power. It is not our might. It's God's spirit. Hallelujah. We're getting there. I'm almost finished. <clears throat> Four out of six, okay? We're almost there. I, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to start a timer. Anybody got a timer? How long are we at? Uh, and the old old priesthood, I appreciate it, but I gotta obey my pastor too. So uh, I appreciate the kindness. By the way, I just looked at my phone. It looks like it's snowing out there. Brother Josh, is it snowing out there? Huh? Okay. Well, my phone's lying to me. Distractions. Here, let me flip that over. <clears throat> amen. He was. Yeah. Amen. You can preach, Brother Larson. Amen. He was not only the perfect priest making atonement for us, but he was also the perfect lamb. Amen. The old priesthood, the people would be reminded of their sins once a year because they would have to come back and move them forward again. Amen. And, and I don't want to get too far. Uh, I don't want to backtrack too much here. Amen. But Jesus only had to do it 
once. Amen. And Jesus, when he did it, when Jesus came to earth, the Bible, he tells us in Matthew chapter 5 that he didn't come to get rid of the law. He didn't come to destroy the law. Jesus said, I came to fulfill it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I came to fulfill it. Hallelujah. Amen. How did he fulfill it? Well, he himself is the law. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 goes on to say that that Word, the Word that was God, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. I'm so sick, amen, of living, amen, a, 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 a cheapened version of Christianity. I want to see the full glory, amen, as of the only begotten of the Father. If you've been born born again. You've been begotten by the Father and you should be able, amen, to see the same kind of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is our example. Amen. He lived the life that we ought to live. Amen. He understood fully the Old Testament law and manifested it in his body. In his life. Hallelujah. 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 He said, think not that I came to destroy. Didn't come to destroy it. I came to fulfill it. I am my God. He said, I am the embodiment. Amen. We call ourselves Christians. We want to be Christians. We want to be like Christ. That's what the word Christian means. Amen. So if you want to be a Christian, you ought to fulfill the law. Hallelujah. Genuine glory. Genuine liberty. Amen. Genuine victory. Hallelujah. Overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Available. Amen. I'm in closing here. Amen. Many take a scripture. Amen. That Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. Amen. That's already saved, by the way. The Ephesian church was already saved. Amen. But they twist it and they preached. Amen. A false doctrine of unmerited favor, saying that you don't have to earn your salvation. Amen. They use this scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8 through 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Amen. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But Apostle Paul, amen, seems to look into the future, amen, with divine utterance and divine impartation. Amen. He deals with this directly by saying, even so, faith. James chapter 2, verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. What is their doctrine? They say grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. And Apostle James said, faith alone? Did I hear faith alone? That's death. They're preaching a gospel, Brother Hall, that brings death. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It brings death. Faith without works. Faith without obedience. Faith without actually doing what you say you believe is nothing more than death being alone. If we take faith alone, it's merely dead. Amen. Apostle or the author of Hebrews tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. In James chapter 2, verse 18, he goes on to say, Yea, a man may say that thou hast faith and I have works. There are some that preach this message. Amen. You have faith, I have works. Amen. And, 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 or, or thou hast works and I have faith. They say that, oh, all I need is my faith. And my faith alone. Amen. But Apostle James directly challenges it by saying, you show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Amen. Friend, this is the biblical, amen, established full form of faith. You can't have faith without works and you can't do scriptural works without faith. Oh, somebody hear me today. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't shy away. Amen. From what the apostles preached, you can begin to play. Hallelujah. Amen. We stand in our workplace. I've seen, amen, a revival perhaps, a, a, a reinsurgence, a lot more public uh, Christianity. People being more bold, people being more vocal with what they believe. Hallelujah. My question is, where are the apostolics? Where am I in that conversation? How can we hold them accountable to a message they've never heard? What did Paul say? How can they hear without a preacher? Thank you, brother. How can they preach unless they are sent? They need, how can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they obey the sin? How are they going to believe the truth unless they have heard the truth? Guess whose responsibility that becomes? Those of us who have been sent. Those of us who have been called. We are the ecclesia. We are the church. We are the called called first to be saints. But what Jesus told the disciples is, Go ye therefore, because of this power, because of the glory that I've demonstrated, because of my life, because of my death, burial, and resurrection, go therefore and teach. Don't be shy. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of salvation. Meanwhile, here it goes. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Repent. That is not a legalistic message. That is not bound uh, to this. That is a message of liberty. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of victory. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel that spirit of liberty in this place. Hallelujah. 
Don't you allow the deceptions and the lies of the enemy to tell you that you can't speak what the apostles spoke. You can't preach what the apostles preached. If we can't speak out now, when it's merely criticism and slanderous statements, how do we believe that we will speak out when it's bloodshed and judgment? I want to be on that side where liberty rings true. I want to be on that side with the Spirit, where the Spirit of God is truly my Lord. I abide by His law, that I neglect my flesh, that I slay my flesh. Apostle Paul says, carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. And get this, it says, and either indeed can be. It can't. So we have to destroy our flesh, our carnal mind, and say, God, no matter if I understand it, I believe that you're in a church, if, you're, if you don't understand it, all you got to do is ask a question. Generally, understanding is not the problem around here. But even if I don't understand it, even if my carnal mind can't wrap itself around it, even if I'm so focused, and of course, we are focused on our life, our jobs, the, the temporary things that are so necessary, food and clothing and, and protection and all these things. We've got to take care of ourselves. Hallelujah. But if we could somehow do what Jesus did, to crucify our flesh, put ourselves on a cross, sacrifice ourselves hallelujah when you believe Jesus there is a testimony that begins to bear witness of it he, Romans chapter 8 verse 16 the spirit itself bear the witness with our spirit that we are the children of God John chapter 7 verse 38 if we could all stand he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water this spake he of the Spirit. If you believe on Jesus, the Spirit will become your Lord. If you believe on Jesus, liberty does come. If you believe on Jesus, you're obeying the law, the new law, which brings liberty. The Lord is that Spirit. Why don't we just love Him? The Lord is that Spirit, and where His Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. I'm willing to submit my life, my heart, my body, my mind, my own spirit to His. I want to be obedient to His Word. I want to be obedient to His law. Hallelujah. Not to save myself but to be to express the faith that I have in him because I do I do I do believe hallelujah let's just love the lord just for a moment today hallelujah jesus i'm going to open up these altars I want to invite 
somebody, amen, who may want to, amen, to complete, to fulfill the law in your own life through obedience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.